1: Back here in the boss man show special guest Brad Bett. he He's a former Tennessee House representative, Democrat Party candidate, but he's an activist now. He's all about the right things, not the wrong things in Tennessee. He wants to make it better in that state. And I'm gonna still pay taxes in Tennessee. I told him about there. I have a house in Nashville still. I pay taxes in that state, so I'm a taxpayer in that state. So it bothers to me what happened to J- the coach Jason shea my friend. Brad, back to here to talk about it. Brad, good to meet you, my brother. How you doing, man? You too.
0: You too. I'm good. How are you? How are you?
1: Hey, I'm doing well, man. I can't complain one bit. Uh, I hate to be able to talk on these on these kind of conditions uh, after what happened to Coach Jason Shea at East Tennessee State University. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's just sad to see that, Brad. What happened? Um, a guy, a guy gets the conference his head coaching job things went down last year with social injustice and racial unrest mm-hmm. and he stole his players and his coaches mm-hmm. exercising their First Amendment rights to kneel. Peaceful protest during the anthem. Yeah. But Tennessee legislature, Republicans, and the president and AD and the booster and sponsors, John City, did not support him. And pretty yeah. much forced him out and said no, you him no more cars, no more money, because you politically disagreed where our stance on kneeling and the flag. And Brad, Colin Kaepernick, NFL players, all told people, it's not about the flag, Mm -hmm. it's about the message and the gesture. And what's the perfect time to, to do a protest when everybody's watching you. And what I hate, Brad, is this, when people try to tell me and others like me and yourself, how and when to protest. You know, that yep. always irks me, Brad, because when is the right time to protest? When is the right time? There is no right time to protest. You do it when you have the eyeballs on the spot to do it, to make your point and make awareness about the mission you want to make aware.
0: Yeah, that the whole point is to bring attention to an issue, right? And unfortunately, you're spot on. And East Tennessee is behind the rest of the nation. This is a nationwide issue that everyone other than those that are purposefully ignoring it, knows we still in 2021 have race issues in America. The only way you can say we don't is if you're ignoring what's right in front of you, including black voices, exactly what you're saying. And that's what we see here. Hell, it was on my Facebook just a few minutes ago. You know, people saying, well, no, they they shouldn't protest the flag. Every time black people protest in America, they are silenced by white voices that don't want to hear it. So at this point it's very convenient they they know they know they can't just say shut up. They know they can't say that, right? Because that would be racist. They they know it. So they say, "Well, I don't like the flag." Well, the next protest they'll have a reason they don't like that one. And then we just continue this cycle of black people in America saying, "Hey, this is a problem for our communities." And white people saying, "No, it's not." You know, not not all of them, but a lot of them that are in power and as you I think you referenced or maybe right before we went on, talking about some of our uh, local government state senators, 73 year old Rusty Crow, you know, wants to pretend, but he, he said, this type of activity will not be tolerated. Yeah. How, when you hear that, when you hear an old white man say what he's gonna tolerate, how does that hit?
1: White supremacy, trying to see what to do. You're trying to be my daddy and say, JR, um, other black people, all uh, white allies who support J.R. and black people, I will not allow you to disrespect my mm-hmm. flag and I don't tolerate you going against my morals and my ideals, which are ancient and mm-hmm. irrelevant right now. And so that hits me like you are sh- taking off your hood. You're showing me who you are. And you'll be the same person on here, told in your Bible and quoting Jesus or quoting MLK to, to, conveniently, to convenience you on MLK Day, just that's what he stands for. Like Bill Lee, mm-hmm. come to TSU on MLK Day like he really supported what Dr. Dr. King supported. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm so glad that Reverend William Barber called him out that day in his face about yes, his, his, his yes, hypocrisy mm-hmm. because Tennessee is a poorly ran red state like Georgia is too. Let's be honest about That's that. True, you know, ten care should be expanded years ago. Yep, you know, it's 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 a joke. You know, ten care is not expanded. Same in Georgia as well. You know, so when I hear Rusty Crow say, and he said, the well, white players too. It's only one white player on the roster.
0: Right,
1: <laughs> not <laughs> right. white players. It's right, one white right. player.
0: Because they don't want they don't want to allow everyone to understand it's about race. They want to pretend it's not right. Yes. So they Well, there's white player too. So I'm just saying all players should. But they, they know what they're doing. So yeah, you're right. Ten, about Tim care. If you if you care, if if we want to address some issues, we should address them. You know, unfortunately, the reality is the Tennessee Republican supermajority is a radical extremist group, and I don't say those words lightly. We had a moderate Republican governor under Haslam. It was his, uh, ensure Tennessee plan. That the extreme GOP legislature rejected, you know, Haslam tried to do some good things. He was Republican. They still rejected him because the legislature is extreme. We, we still have literally the bust of the first KKK Grand Wizard sitting in the Tennessee State House. Yes, Nathan Bedford Forrest. This isn't this isn't a guy who was marginally collect, connected to slavery. This isn't a guy who maybe said some racist things. This is literally. America's first KKK Grand Wizard. Yes, and it sits in the hall of our Tennessee State House. So, black legislators like your friend uh, Representative Dixie have to walk by that. Every Tennessean, every black Tennessean that walks in there, hoping to get a representative to address some of their issues, walks by this bust. Put up in 1973, the year Coach Shea and I were both born. By the way, I just looked that up earlier. And for then that entire time, my lifetime, forty-eight years, this bust to this KKK Grand Wizard, Wizard sits in a place of prominence in the house where we purport to make laws for equal justice for everyone. How can and, and it's been a fight for the last couple of years to get rid of it? It's still sitting there today, and I think the question is if this legislature can't do the simplest of things, and say we're not going to put a bust up to a KKK America's First grand wizard, that's a simple one. How are you ever gonna address some of the systemic racism problems in America and in Tennessee? How how can we ever trust you with complex problems when y'all can't even do the simple ones? That's the simple one. Exactly.
1: And you
0: know, it's
1: obviously a problem because like look here, as you and I both know, Tennessee needs expansion of health care and Medicaid. Tennessee Needs a $15 minimum wage, but unfortunately, and I'm gonna say it because I'm gonna keep it real. The poor people in East Tennessee, the mm-hmm. hills of West Tennessee, and outside of Nashville and Memphis, they just have been bamboozled by, 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 yeah. by, by the big lie that hey, because you know you're white and these. Black and brown people trying to take stuff from you. That's not true. This has been nope. the, the Southern strategy for years to divide poor whites and poor blacks and poor Latinos and Hispanics from coming together because they come together collectively, they're out of power. And yep. and they they use that whole way of race as the way to keep them at bay. So and I don't want them to have my stuff. And I'm like, right. you should you need health care. Why are your rural hospitals closing? Why people mm-hmm. like John City Honda allowed to disparage coaches because of their warped racist views, but will tell you in a heartbeat they love Jesus. I wonder, who are you praying to? What Jesus said, do you love? Because if you love Jesus I love, <laughs> you ain't praying to the same guy <laughs> based on what you're doing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, but we're going to, we just passed the bill that's going to make the Bible the official book of Tennessee, you know, but at the same time, I mean, I'd like them to open it every now and then, you know, talk about feeding the poor and taking care of, you know, widows and children and making sure, you know, but somehow those parts of the Bible, I mean, I grew up in church and I've been to Bible study and I've led them and I've read them and the whole thing. So they can't, they don't fool me, but we have a lot of politicians in the legislature that are willing to hold up a Bible, but they've never cracked it. But, you know, let's. Let's go – let's talk about the Coach Shea situation specifically because right now what's going on – because Tennessee politics, clearly, I, you know, I ran for house. I can talk politics all day, but I could talk sports a little bit too. They're trying to fool us right now as if we can't see with our own eyes what's happening. We, coach Shea was a first-time Division One head coach. He has a long record of being an assistant, including many years at Tennessee – when when they their program uh, was doing really well, he has a, he has this long track record. I think it's five years. He was an assistant here at ETSU before Forbes left. Mm-hmm. So we have last year we have this great men's basketball team that we're very excited about. And they and they had their tournament birth stolen because of COVID a year ago. They were 30 and four. I mean, if like, I don't know about you, but I was excited. You know, I was. I, I love oh.
1: Forbes. I love. he was well, like, yeah, my uh, guy.
0: Prime to make a deep run, right? Who doesn't love seeing like a mid-major make a deep run a tournament and knock off a couple of big time schools? And they had that taken from them, you know? And then Steve Forbes left, why? Because that's what coaches do, right? Isn't that, if you're a coach, if you're an assistant, you try to move up until you get that head coaching job, right? Yes. And you build a program. And then at some point you might get hired away because you've built, and that's exactly what Steve Forbes did, built a winning program, now he's at Wake Forest, right? So here comes first time Jason Shea. And you're going to tell me this guy that's been assistant for all these years, after one year as an NCAA head coach, division one, in a program he's already been in for five years, where he cares about these players, where they say he treats them like family, where that you've you've created a culture in this basketball team. You're going to tell me one year into a three-year contract, he just resigns. Come on, come on, don't, don't lie to us. Just be honest about it. He didn't walk in there and just resign. We all can read between the lines. There's pressure here. And so the owner of JC Honda has already admitted that they pulled the cars. The players knelt. And actually, they've been doing it for a while, right? But then it got in the paper. And then so, you know, people got mad. It's something they weren't even at that game. And they got mad that this happened. And they're just mad. And and so I'm going to pull the cars. I'm going to pull the cars from the coaches. This is what he's admitted to. He, he didn't like the kneeling, so he's going to pull the cars. Why? What does that accomplish? It shows who you are. That That's literally the supremacy. It's trying to hold your power yeah. over someone else. Why, not, why don't you try to learn from this coach? Do you think he doesn't know his players better than you might? You know, exactly. Johnson City Honda owner? Do you think he may not understand? Why don't you listen? Why is it that we always have to listen to the person who's got the money and the power when their opinions are ignorant of the situation. And they're okay. trying to say what the, these, these old white men are trying to say what these young black men are protesting for, but they won't listen to the young black men. And I, I don't understand it. I don't understand why we can't listen when someone's saying, here's something I feel so strongly about. I'm going to kneel. They know that's going to cause controversy, right? Uh-huh. I mean, we're, the Colin Kaepernick happened four years ago. We, we're this isn't new they they know and so they say I still feel so strongly about it I'm gonna do it and and then these guys like Joe at Johnson City Honda won't even listen to these young men uh, you know I, I find that really sad
1: well Brad I'll stress in with you right now A certain schools in, t- in Tennessee I won't say it on live but <laughs> I can't cover their team because I don't stand for the anthem Mm. certain school it's a, it's a state school in tennessee that i won't say the name of live but i can't cover their games anymore because i won't stand for that i was asked for i was asked to stand for the anthem i said i don't do that mm. I, I sat during the anthem and it wasn't appreciated <laughs> and i was pretty much told i'm no longer welcome to cover their teams because i don't respect
0: because you anymore. because you white America wants to demand out of you love for this country regardless of how the country's treated you is that fair no it's not how 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 dare you like how dare you say something bad about America? how dare you say my experience has been this how dare you right and i i think the opportunity here, i mean i want you to stand for the anthem right but i don't want to tell you to I want to, we should all collectively say, let's fix these problems so I can stand next to you because we can say, yeah, now we do have justice and equality for all, but that's not where we are.
1: Exactly. And you know, my thing is this, I've been told Brad to, I need to assimilate. I need to get with the program. And I'm like, from older white men who I've respected at one point in time, mm-hmm. um, um, I was told to pray about it. And I'm like, well, let me tell you this. It's been 400 years in prayer, it ain't, ain't changed, a, ain't changed a, a, a damn thing, okay? I said, nah. you, you see, you put your head, you, I was told to read Romans eight. Uh, I will not, They it's not gonna change what I'm talking about. It takes people like you, my former white friend, to speak up, because what is it? It's not the words of silence of my friends. And all you want to be able to be silent and read your Bible. That's not helping push the issue because you don't want to cause a controversy. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm like, then what? Was it discuss? You say you understand, you hear me out, but then you don't do nothing about it. I'm like, you're not being for real because I want to put my name on it, put my money where my mouth is. So what I'm, I'm doing for Coach A right now. I, I'm about mm-hmm. it. If wrong is wrong, yeah. I don't care what he is. Wrong is wrong. I'm gonna speak on wrong. Yeah. I'm gonna call out wrong. Yep. But don't vilify me for speaking my truth based on my life experiences. Yeah. I grew up poor and marginalized. I -hmm. grew up in the hood. I know what it's about. (laughs) You know, I know (laughs) what bad policy is and what how it affects you. Yeah. I've lived it. (laughs) Yeah. You so so let's and I, when I hear my white friends tell me this, I'm like, you don't, know I mean? you don't, I said, you don't even know the half. So if you don't want to even open your ears, don't give me what you think it is. I'm telling you, yeah. as a 34 year old black man, what life is and what life isn't.
0: Yeah. 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 And why can we not listen? Because I'll never know, but I can sit here with you. The least I, I could do is listen to your story, right? Mm hmm. As a white man, I'll never know what it's like to be black in America. The only way I can understand your experience a little bit is to listen, but I I think we have too many people that, I, I don't know why they don't want to address this issue. I don't know why they're not more empathetic. I don't know why they can't get past the idea that their white experience in America might be drastically different than someone else's black experience. I don't. I don't think it takes a deep reading of history or news to understand. It can't be that everyone else is wrong. I mean, we just saw today Major League Baseball pulled out of Atlanta of the All Star game, right? Was it Atlanta or somewhere in Georgia? Yep, Atlanta. Okay, is all of Major Baseball wrong? Major League Baseball, they're they're real conservative. They just want to be woke, (laughs) right? They're just virtue signaling. All the crap you hear, they're just no. We have, we have actual a political war going on right now where republicans are trying to take away votes from people of color to the point in georgia where they're making it illegal to hand out water and food to voters in line i'm not telling you anything you don't already know but someone might not know this like and why because they rig the polling system so that if you live in the white suburbs you breeze in you vote you leave you're in and out in 10 15 minutes but if you're in a black community you wait in line for six seven eight hours in what world they could have passed laws to say we're going to make more polling places we're going to ensure voting never takes anyone in america more than 30 minutes we're going to do these things no they said we're going to we're going to make it illegal to hand out water yes i mean I, I can't imagine waiting in eight hours to vote i have never some people ten into doing the
1: primary in june it was raining that day mm-hmm. in Atlanta. It was raining. People there for eight, nine yeah. hours in the rain could have got sick in the middle of COVID. But Brian Kemp, right. the purge pimp, Brian Kemp, the mm-hmm. cheat himself did it. And the machines were down that day too. They got to go to court, get it, get hours extended. So he mm-hmm. plays with the machines. He approached you about you telling you. And people talking about Brad Raffensperger, he only did what he had to do because he's on tape with Donald Trump. He's, he's no hero. He's no saint. He's all for it. G- Gabe Strillan, too. All of them, they're all about suppressing the vote. These are the rules, Brad, that they pass themselves. Right. And right. we use their rules and outnumber them. So, mm-hmm. therefore, mm-hmm. It, they change
0: the rules again. It's the same thing. We're repeating it over and over, right? It's a poll tax, but it's a new one. Yes. It's a new version. Same as the old one. And they, want, and they always want to talk about respect, and so black players kneeling for justice is disrespectful. You know, if you get angry, that's disrespectful, but these old white people go behind closed doors and create laws that are disrespectful to freedom, to justice, to equality, to our Constitution, to everything we pretend to hold dear but they do it in a, you know, they don't curse and they don't raise their voice. They're just very civilized, right? And they go in and they write laws that take away rights from people. That's not respectful. You know, so so I don't, it it doesn't hit with me very much. I see this a lot in the Tennessee legislature when they get called out, you know, they kind of have their, you know, they clutch their pearls and like, well, I take offense to that and, you know, have a real like moment. Like they're going to, you know, oh, my dear. When they get called out for things they're doing that hurt people and, You know, unfortunately, they just don't, they don't get it. They don't see the rusty crows of the world, the Lumbergs, whether purposefully or out of ignorance, they don't get it. And I'm not sure if it's purposeful. It feels like it sometimes, because I don't think it's that hard to learn, to listen, to read. They don't want to
1: learn. They don't want to learn. Yeah, They don't want to. That's what it is. They don't care.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, look at the opportunity right here. We had, unfortunately, with Dr. Brian Nolan at ETSU, the president. This is an educational opportunity right in front of us. And what do we do? This is a, I know you're educating the students at ETSU, but you're the university in East Tennessee. And this was an educational opportunity for our entire community. And if you had the guts, you could have stood up and you could, and you, but instead, and I watched a lot of the uh, Zoom conferences with Nolan and, uh, and uh, Lundberg, especially, and others on committees. And and Lumberg and them, they have a lot to say when it's on committee. And Lumberg said that's like flipping the flag, the bird. No, it's not. He just reframed that so he could decry it. He reframed kneeling, which has always been a sign of respect. I mean, it better be. I I knelt down to propose to my wife. I better go apologize if that was disrespectful, right? Of course it's not. Mm -hmm. It's completely respectful. You kneel and you kneel to show respect. You kneel when the when a uh, referee went down the game the other day. I don't know if you saw that Burt Smith, the other other people knelt by him. Like when someone yes. in help you 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 kneel by the when a player's he injured play football. football field, and get an injury. Take, we kneeled with our helmets you take off. They knee. That's not out of disrespect. That is that is the pinnacle of respect. But when black voices start being heard, the white racists, They don't want them hurt. So they're going to find some way to try to twist that narrative to say that their action that we all can see is respectful. And and so I'm so I'm so tired of that. I mean, you and I both know with Colin Kaepernick and uh, who's the Green Beret, uh, Nate Boyer. Yeah, right. He's the they sat down as men. And, I mean, Nate Boyer sent him a letter and said, I don't like what you're doing. I want to talk to you about it. And they sat down as men and hashed it out. And, and then they had, they came away with a greater understanding to the point where Nate said, he's not going to kneel, but he's going to stand by Colin while Colin kneels. To me, that's solidarity. That's, you, you know, exactly. like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to take your exact approach, but I see what you're doing and I see who you are and I understand a little bit about you. And Colin Kaepernick said, well, I don't want to be, dis- I want to make sure that you know, I, don't, I, I don't want anyone to be offended I just want to, you know the the attention to be brought to black lives and to justice and so they understood each other so we had this moment here four years later in East Tennessee because we're always a little behind we're trying to catch up right We had that moment this is our moment and right and, and so far right now we've blown it we've blown it we don't have a greater understanding we, we don't we haven't listened to black voices and now we've literally run young black men out of this town because why would you why would they stay they see their coach being run off mm-hmm. why that was probably their lifeline yes i mean you know so why are they going to stay in this town they if a middle if they're going to run off a middle-aged white coach if i was a young black man i'd be thinking well, what are they going to do to me yes i, I don't know I, you know i don't blame them for leaving and what have we learned
1: nothing and all these years and brad and, and brad what i've said on this show before previously is that race this is what the, the conservatives do and republicans do they mm-hmm. they twist their racism up behind the pa- pa- patriotism they use patriotism as a way to cover their racism oh we're about the flag where it's mm-hmm. about the flag it's about the country um the country you love was built on the backs of my people Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, my ancestors did not ask to come here and get brought, they didn't ask to be brought to Georgia, but they were. Right. They was not asked to, they they was fine over in Sierra Leone and in Ghana where, where my roots chased back to. They was not, they were not trying to come over to South Georgia Yeah. and migrate to Macon, then the Stockbridge, and then to Atlanta. That, that, that was not the part of the plan. Mm-hmm. And when you hide behind the flag and patriotism to do your racist tropes and your racism, I, I reject the notion because I know that the flag is used as a way to just be racist. It's, it's, it's the cover and the shield with the NFL. Mm-hmm. Oh, like even the NBA owns to a degree. The same thing. And, and I reject the notion. It's like you love the black culture you monetize the black culture, but you don't love mm-hmm. black people. And and same with me in advertising. Like, since I'm black owned media, I don't get the same rates as if I was black targeted media. Mm. I catch it in advertising. If I went to a third party agency that was for black targeted media, I would get my money for ads And I do get going out there myself. Mm. So Systemic racism is in every facet of life. And they have guys like yourself, Brad, J- Coach Shea, Carl at Siena, people who actually care about young black men and being an African allies. It's it's amazing to see. And this is where America can be mm-hmm. if the majority of people mm-hmm. get on board with that. But there are these 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 last the last stand I call it, the last call of these races who are getting older and aging out, but they Mm -hmm. still have power of preventing us from progressing forward. That's why they do the laws in Georgia, Tennessee, you got Arkansas, Alabama, because they want to hold on. It's their last stand before Mm -hmm. the dam breaks. (laughs) You're out of here.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they they don't realize the strength of all of us coming together is so much more powerful than what the, the white supremacy you're trying to hold on to that's shameful and ignorant and goes, goes against progress. Exactly what you're saying. I, I, I think you're right about um, black men, especially in this country, how, how we treat black men. Um, and, I, and I've thought back, cause I am very much a, uh, an outsider in my family, extended family. I come from you know, a white conservative family in the South. I was born in New Orleans and I see things differently than them. Uh, including on issues of race and uh, several things, but on race. And I think part of it for me is that, you know, I refereed basketball for a long time in Houston uh, for 15 years, high school. i loved it. Um, I, I refereed college for 10, division one for seven, uh, and the Southland conference and summit league conferences like the SOCON, you know, uh, with ETSU schools like that. And, uh, but I loved high school basketball too. And I've refereed all over Houston and I refereed with a whole lot of black men officials and I, and I saw a whole lot of black players and black coaches. And I think America is still so segregated that I think a lot of people don't have experience um, being around other people. And I think that especially holds true here for East Tennessee. You know, I've had that experience. So I I, I see all all different sorts of black men, right? I mean, I mean but I, I don't, I think so much of white America in East Tennessee, we have this problem. We're so segregated, it's so white. The only black men they know is maybe what they see on TV or on the news, or and, and so they uh-huh. they stereotype tens of millions of people into like this one idea instead of realizing yes that you know men are men. Just we have a we have a diversity amongst black men that are different personalities and different things, and we're still working our way out of that. And 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 you can see it now. America is just like starting to see. Black men in certain jobs that they were withheld bef- before, you know, they were prevented from having before and, and all that coming out. And, and so, I mean, here in East, we, we've, we've got to wake up. I don't know how we do it. I, I don't know how to kind of take that experience um, and and get people to understand, to see outside their bubble a little bit and to see that, yes. to see other people as human. I, I don't know how to make that happen. I, you know, I don't, and, and it's very, it's uh, it's just really disturbing that we're still judging people and dismissing voices when people are crying out for help and saying our community needs help. And I, I think dismissing those voices is so uh, harmful, um, and it's hard to believe we're still there.
1: Yeah, and you know what, Bray? It, to me, it, it's it's like I expected. Now I should, I, 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 when I don't get help it's like I expected when I get to get a helpful kind of shocked because it's it's in my career I've tried to break down barriers but I'm told I'm too loud or I'm too radical I need to tamp things down how I criticize the other side I said I'm gonna tell you something I'm not really a Democrat or Republican I'm a black man (laughs) so I vote black interests versus white nationalism so that's how i vote <laughs> okay yeah. and most majority of times or not it falls on the d side the blue side because yeah. the r's not doing nothing doing nothing to help black interest besides if unless you're rich already and you want to go there for a tax break so mm-hmm. i vote based on black interests and white nationalism because in georgia outside of atlanta it's the deep south again yeah. Outside of Nashville and Memphis. Tennessee's the deep south. You know, Alabama, Birmingham, Huntsville, the black belt around Montgomery It's the deep south. Mm-hmm. Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi. So in the south, you have these town centers, that these one or two pockets of where it's urbanized. The rest of it is just the deep rural south with those same Jim Crow mindset is just mm-hmm. regurgitated over and over again, replicated all these years. And you can't mm-hmm go there and break that generational curses because they've been so grounded in those thought processes. Like when we went out in Georgia campaigning for Warnock and Ossoff, in small counties in Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, it was a shock, Brad, some things I heard,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, about, oh, you, you, you look very nice and, you know, thought you would be a thug. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like yeah. just outly saying, when somebody said son to me i'm like hold on you don't say son that's let's not yeah. say son yeah and, and, oh boy i, I said I'm, I'm i'm here on third party business but I, i'm still junior I'll tell you how i feel like, <laughs> let's not do that
0: <laughs> you know so but so the, even even the compliments are have that racial undertones right oh you look nice i thought you would have been this i mean like that that speaks to the mindset Yes. I'm going to categorize all black people in this, this segment. And so I'm surprised when someone doesn't fit my stereotype, we we've got to do away with that mindset, you know? And, and that's why I, I think it's so shameful that, that people are, are dragging uh, Jason Shea's name through the mud. I mean, I don't know, you know, Jason, you've talked to him. I've never talked to him. I don't know him personally. I just look at it from the outside from basketball. Like this guy looks like a conscientious coach. You know, I always like coaches that stood up for their players and fought for them. Yes, I mean this guy checks all the boxes. He like he's a guy. If you're a parent of a son going to play, he seems like the type of coach you would want to entrust yes. your son to go play for. And so for these people, for for you know the 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 people from J C Honda and, and and other organizations, and I my inbox, you know, people rumors are flying around here, and the 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 light will be shown on who kind of had a hand in all this stuff, for them to disparage him and not to step back and think, well, here's this coach that's been in this program for so many years, maybe he has some insight that I don't. And to sit down and listen, they they don't wanna listen. They just want their voice to be heard. They want their opinion to be heard. They want black people to do what they tell them to do, which is stand for our flag, Don't protest when it's inconvenient for me. Don't take me out of my white comfort. I just want to come watch a basketball game and you owe me that. I don't want to have to think outside of Mm -hmm. that. But if you're a black man, you don't have a choice to never think outside of that because it's always present in your life. And I don't know why some people can't get that. that You don't have that option. So I guess it's a little inconvenient for them. Somehow it, it hurts their feelings that, Someone's kneeling during the anthem. They think it stands for something else or it means something different to them. I think instead of demanding, demanding that someone else do something that you want them to do, which is the very opposite of freedom, we should come together and say, how can we fix these problems? Then we can all stand. So until we can all stand, we got a problem, whether you're forcing people to, to stand or not. So, you know, and Dr. Nolan and these others kind of want to push the problem out of the limelight, they they don't want to be inconvenienced by the controversy. Exactly. That's not solving a damn thing. That's not solving anything. That's solving your goals, maybe, of Brian Nolan. He probably, like an assistant coach, wants to go to a bigger university at some point, right? So he's probably, you know, I don't know what he's doing, but I can kind of guess, is he kissing the hands of those that he thinks he needs to... To work his way up, uh-huh. you know, he didn't get that UT gig a few years ago, but he might still have his eye on it, right? So he doesn't want this controversy. But that, to me, isn't real leadership. Real leadership no. is sitting down and saying, here's the thing, I'm going to go to the community and I'm going to take the backlash. To me, that's what would have been great to see out of a university president to say, to to back up his coach the same way Coach Shea backed up his players. Because to me, that's a leader. The coach standing up saying, no, I'm going to take this heat. The easy thing for Shea would have been to do to say, "No, nah, we're not going to do that, right? Easy. We're not going to kneel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this three-year. I, I'm gonna put my, my goals and my aspirations ahead of it. But I mean, to me, that shows he cares deeply. Yes, he put it all on the line and he paid the price for it. And his p- players are paying the price. That that's wrong. It just just that is wrong. Besides everything that they're kneeling for, we've got a lot wrong. But this is they wrong. He's he, added Nolan. And Carter proved why they're kneeling right now. Their actions
1: just proved why they kneeled. <laughs> like, hey, you made the point for them again, idiots. That's
0: it. <laughs> it, it it's the same thing. We We didn't learn from Kaepernick four years ago. We didn't learn. We haven't made progress. It, it's the same thing. And, and this idea that, that you know, we, we got a lot of people. The guy I ran against, uh, well, well he, he got primary, Van Huss. He was – he was one of these guys that, a white guy that said, "If you bring up race, that's racism, right?" So Justin Jones, I don't know if you know him out of Nashville. He he's led a lot of protests in the plaza, which our legislature then turned around and made camping. I don't know if you how much you're up on Tennessee politics. They made camping yep illegal. Yes, oh
1: yeah, because I said I have it- a house there. So I
0: have a house. So oh. I
1: still know I have a house yeah. so I got keep out track of it.
0: So, so Justin Jones helped with these protests, led these protests. They, they were out there for, I think, 60 days. And so instead of you know going down and, and doing your job as governor and talking to these people, listening to them, setting up a meeting, they refuse all that and they pass a law, a felony. So they're going to not only arrest people and use the judicial system to unfairly target people fighting for their rights, they're going to make it so don't miss this point so that they can't vote. If they get convicted of a felony, that's not an accident. So so we have all this going on. And it's the same thing on a smaller scale of I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to silence your voices. I don't want to fix hard problems. This is inconvenient for me or I don't think it's a problem, so I'm going to ignore it. So so it's the same thing going on in Nashville that now we have going on at ETSU. And, And how are we better for it? Is any just from a sports standpoint? Is anyone going to tell me that next year ETSU men's basketball team is is going to be anything other than shambles? I mean, they'll terrible. find someone to coach. That was that.
1: It's going will be, be terrible because guys yeah. are going to come there, and no matter who they hire, recruiting there is ruined forever. Yeah, yeah, they, they can't get they can't get no good players. Like, no, you're a racist. We're not coming there. Yeah, you, you know, because you, you now I have no idea why people go to Ole Miss. See, I don't know how young black players go to Ole Miss, but they do. But you—that's yeah. the SEC. But you're yeah. in the SoCon, ETSU, yeah. Johnson City. That's right. Nobody's gonna come to them as say, "As I say, have to."
0: Let's no. the the, they have. The, they're not coming. Yeah, and the kids know. I mean, they're they're better at the internet than anybody. And so you're not gonna bury this. Any any you're gonna look five, ten years from now, and any player that's looking at school, this is gonna come up. This is this is you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tragic commentary on on our city. And I don't, you know, it, it's shameful. It's truly, it's, it's shameful. I, I, I uh, you know, I'm shocked that we're not farther along than this, but, you know, I, I guess in, in some ways the history is way more recent than we want to admit. And maybe that's part of it, JR, is that I think there's a deep shame in white America, because we know, we 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 know what we did. You know, I, I didn't do it, right? Like you hear this thing, white like people say, "Well, I didn't have slate. Oh, okay, great. I did, but America still did. America did the it. Country still did, and it took us. You know, I'm from New Orleans. It Ruby Bridges, the 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 iconic photo that we've all seen of the little black girl, six years old, going into school, escorted by four uh, uh, federal marshals, because. That was the only way to keep her safe. That was in 1960, my parents were 10 years old. My parents who are still alive. Ruby Bridges is still alive. She's four years younger than my parents. Not my grandparents, not my great grandparents. This isn't ancient history. That's my hometown, my hometown did that. And we didn't at that point say like, okay, the, you know, the Supreme Court ruled, the, the schools are integrated. That's that then, no. At every point when Black people in America have tried to go for justice, white racists in America have lost their minds and tried to claw it back. Teachers wouldn't teach, parents pulled their kids out of school, all because a six-year-old little girl wanted to be educated. What, what a, we should be ashamed that we put her through that, and she is 66 years old today. That's not ancient history. And, and we didn't end racism by letting that little black girl go to kindergarten under protest from white racists. We still have problems that we've got to unwind, including generational wealth that people have been locked out of, property that's been confiscated, the opportunity to own land denied, the opportunity to vote denied. Like, and then today to look at like the Georgia legislature and the Tennessee legislature and these grasps for white power – that they're still trying to make in response to Black people gaining a little bit of freedom is just reprehensible. It's re- And so we can't, so it is isn't the, the basketball and the firing of Coach Shea and the, all this is a microcosm of everything bigger that's going yes. on in America, right? Yes. And so we've got to fight back on this because otherwise we we lose those rights. And, and I think standing up for justice for someone else is, is the most American thing we could do. Right. It's yes. the most if we want to say we love America and we love that flag, stand up for someone else. It's easy to stand up for yourself. It's the easiest thing in the world to fight for your own what you want, right? But stand up for someone else, especially white people who are in a position of power and privilege, and they you don't have to worry about the things that black people face. Every day when they try to get a business loan or like you're like you talking about in your business, trying to navigate certain the media as a black man and like these things that we just don't see it. It doesn't happen to us. So the, the least we could do is listen to the stories, I think, of you, these young men, and collectively black Americans say, okay, we're going to try to understand what you're going through. And then we're going to try to help.
1: Like, Brad, I shouldn't have to send... A white face to talk for me, and, and I come in the clothes. I'm
0: mm-hmm. gonna really
1: use that trick, Brad, to get stuff done. Yeah. I still have to do that, but I, but to get what I need to get done, I have to use sometimes a white face, would be my a woman or a male, to do it for me, and I come in as the clothes. Hmm. Or I don't use my full first name just to hide and go by the JR to kind of wedge in. So these are things that. <laughs> i have to do just to survive that i yeah. had to learn how to get by and that's this is america and, and now and now people say me, the time, we're building this no this is who we are we yeah. need to accept who we are and yes we need to be better but this is who we are right now that's why i get just president biden says we're building this i'm like no this is who we are yeah. president biden you know this yeah, yeah. We, we this is be new. We have to be better. Yes, but this is who we've been for years.
0: The is, is, who, who do we want to be? Who do we want to be? Mm-hmm. Not who we are. You, you're right on. That is who we are. We're always finding some group to hate. Why? Why? It's, we're all. We all want to sit down with our family and eat, and our friends, and have a job, and have community and do meaningful things and have, like, we just want to live our life. Everyone, we're all the same. Yeah, we're different, but at our core, there is, there is power in understanding how, how similar we are, Yes. but but we have these people, you touched on it earlier. I mean, in Appalachia, it's very true that we have a lot of poor white people that have been locked out of education and healthcare and wages and all the, in. I think part of the problem in our politics today is that it's just easier to get a poor white man to hate a poor black man than it is to solve the problems. And they do it while they're robbing us blind. Mm-hmm. These guys in power, Rusty Crowe's been in office for 30 damn years. He was a Democrat at some point. He changed. When the wind shifted in Tennessee, he changed to be a Republican. He's just keeping his seat. He's nice and fat and healthy and got you know his, his position of power and making money and He's not trying to do a damn thing for anyone, and I I just have no respect for how lazy Republican politics have gotten. It's race baiting. It's it's creating controversy. It's rage inducing. Like they they just they drum up these ridiculous culture wars on everything from Doctor Seuss to Mister Potato. They do it. Liberals don't care. I, you know, I, I, I am accidental liberal, I think. I wouldn't even try to be a liberal, but I have a lot of progressive friends and liberal fr- No one cares about Mr. Potato Head. No one ca- you know, like, no one's outraged at that stuff. We're outraged at human rights issues. We're outraged at the injustices we see. But the right creates this ridiculous war where they pit people against one another. And I'm not sure you may have insight into the way out of that. I, I'm not sure how to fix that. That's, you know, I ran for office, but my goals aren't just political. Like, I think we need a healing. I, I think w- we, you know, we need a revolution I- of, of loving one another and really like, and, and the only way you love someone is to understand them and where they come from. Exactly.
1: I'll give you an example. My radio show. I talk to people all over the coach all over the nation from, Eastern Washington, all the way over to uh, Freddie Dickinson, or up to Siena, or down in Florida. These coaches in Texas, but we also in the comedy. Come on, my show. We have a great conversation. Me, a young black dude. A lot of these coaches are white in these country areas, but we connect over basketball and mm-hmm. find a common ground on basketball and build a rapport off of basketball sharing stories off the zoom call after every ends mm-hmm. so my method is using the power of the platform to bring people together to answer tough questions ask tough mm-hmm. questions about experiences and hear your experiences Here, tell you my experiences and f- figure out where we meet like I talked to yeah. coach this week, he talked about how he was from a small, poor city in Wisconsin, and now he's a head coach. I talked about how mm-hmm. I grew up in the poor area of Atlanta. Look at me yeah. having a radio show, and we're on a, sh- we're on a show together talking mm-hmm. about both our successes. I said, Look, that's what we mm-hmm. want to strive to. So, my yeah. method is just talking, listening, listening to understand, not, li- not listening to debate, listen to yeah. understand, and let's make it a, a call to action together to get others to move on their hardened bias and stereotypes and move on move on to something better. Because mm-hmm. I say, Steve Kerr said this too, racism is a white problem. I can't mm-hmm. solve racism on JR's own. I need my, my white brother and sister to help me solve it, talk to the other white people who hear them more than they will hear from me. Because yeah. I'm looking at it as a threat, not as a, not as a friendly face, I'm looking at it as an enemy in some cases. So yep. I, I need my white brothers and sisters to help me in the fight against this. So that's how I see it, Brad. Just come together, more mobilize, organizing people together, have them a summits where we just have honesty with each other and listening and understand where the mindset, where the backgrounds come from, we can, so we can dispel myths and move yeah. ahead from that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think I've I've heard the phrase, you know, saying that black people have, have expended enough labor for America. It's not, we We can't demand more work from black people to fix racism. I agree it's a white problem and white people need to talk to white people because there's nothing, you tell me if I'm right or wrong, there's nothing I could tell you about racism that you don't already know. Correct. But like, there is no, I could read all the books. I could do all the, and I could say, I oh, I racism this.
1: every day. I live it.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> so I could read it and be like, oh, that's really, oh man, this is revolutionary. You'd be like, yeah, I, I live that, Brad. Like you- I can't tell you about your experience and, and that's so I think it is incumbent on white people to recognize this problem and to challenge in those you know those white work workplaces and white uh, uh, organizations and stuff when people who are racist say stuff and too often they get away with it I, I think it needs to be challenged I and I think you know this guy like Joe the owner of Johnson City Honda and these other they need to be challenged yes. they don't a lot of them don't think they're being racist, but they are. Their actions are racist. You're silencing bl- the voices of of black players and black voices standing up for justice. That is the definition of white supremacy. Using your power over someone else. That's y'all are doing now. I'm not saying you're white supremacists, but your behavior meets the definition. So if you, if you, Joe of John City, if you don't want to be label as a white supremacist you gotta stop doing white supremacist things yes it's, it's simple as that so and you know what i don't think these guys like rusty crow and senator lumberg i don't think they want to be under, understood i think they are just fueling and fanning the flames and stoking the flames of this divide because when they talked to dr nolan oh they, they they had a lot to say when they were on yes. camera but then i know you saw this when justin canoe of the tennessee hauler got them in the elevator doing an interview. Oh, they shut up real quick. Mm-hmm. When they had tough questions being asked of them. You know, when they've got the floor where no one can challenge them and they can just say ridiculous things, that they they say them. But when they're challenged a little bit and held their feet to the fire, they shut up. So that that tells me they don't have sincerely held beliefs. They just know that this is a political wedge issue yes. that they can use to keep their base pissed off and if, if their white base in Tennessee is pissed off at black people or HSU or the coach or whoever, then they can keep not expanding Medicare, Medicaid. They can keep wages low. They can try to do what they're doing right now and force this right to work into our state constitution, which is just a gift to every huge corporation out there. Like they, they're doing all this terrible stuff, but this is what's in the news because they're just keeping people pissed off at each other. And so Tennessee's hurting as all of us are hurting. So, I mean, that's the message Talk about solidarity. Like we have to join together and stand up for one another in solidarity because that's how we're going to make progress. And right now, Tennessee is being left behind on a lot of issues. And this is one of them.
1: Well, Brad, I'll be standing up for for Coach Shea even more on this show and Cause I told you multiple times, I have a house in Nashville still. I pay taxes in that state, yeah. so guess what? It's my problem, too. So I'm gonna be banging the <laughs> drum as well about these fools and, and, and as well. Hey, you need me to bang the drum? Let me know. I will bang the drum. I'm yeah. let them, Let's them get them away with it because I, I I know I know my politics. I'm a sports guy, I know I love politics as well. I know I know my politics. My master's degree is in public policy, so you can't fool me. <laughs> I know how I yeah. know, know <laughs> how the cake is made. Suckers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the, and all these guys get idea. I mean, I'm concerned about what's going on in Georgia, even though I don't have a house there and I don't live there because it's injustice. And so if injustice is going on there, then then how can we have justice for everyone yes. everywhere else? And these guys get idea. If If the GOP here in Tennessee sees that the Georgia GOP gets away with voter suppression, I guarantee you they're going to do it. They will copy them. Oh yeah, I guarantee you. So, so that's why it's important that we stand up for each other, even if we are, you know, a couple states away or, or one state away. Anyway.
1: Well, Brad, you know, I'm one with you, but hey, Brad, thank you for your time. But they miss us fun. I love talking about yeah. politics and sports, and uh, I think we're talking, talking about Coach Shea, but supporting Coach Shay, man, I appreciate you, folks. The hashtag is support Coach Shay on Twitter. Hashtag it, support Coach Shay. He's a great man. Had him on my show multiple times. love chatting with him. He didn't deserve this, but we're going to bang the drum for him. Coach are a yes. great man. players are great young men. ETSU, you're wrong. You're terrible for this. And I'm going to make sure you feel the heat from this show and other people. We're going we to be on you, Nolan, Carter, all y'all. None of y'all off the hook. Joe, Johnson, Honda, I got you too. I invite you on my show to talk to me. But you don't want this heat, yeah. though. You don't want the He, he, don't, he don't want J.R.'s heat, though. He don't want my heat. You don't want it.
0: <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe you can learn something. He should. If he come in with a little bit of an open mind, he could. But as long as you're just trying to get people to, to understand what your belief is and force them to do what you want and using money as a, as a, a, a power tool, that that's not going to work. So I, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. And, and uh, I, I'm i sure Coach Shea is going to end up uh, somewhere where he's appreciated. And I'm, I'm sorry that it wasn't ETSU. It's shameful um, that this has happened and, and we've got to fix this stuff.
1: Yes, indeed. Well, folks, this Brad Bat here on the Boss Man Show. Check him out on Twitter. He's a great follow. We'll <laughs>